Through history we learn that the ones who prevail are those who are not afraid to fail. Hello, and welcome to Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. The Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts is an arts education not-for-profit where students from around the world have been conceiving, writing, and performing original full-length musicals since 1989. It's March, Lovewell community, which means, and let me check the calendar to confirm. That's right, we are just two months away from the start of our 2019 season of workshops when things kick off in Hoxie, Kansas at the end of May. The anticipation is slowly driving me insane, but luckily we have this podcast to keep us satisfied until the season begins. Tonight, we've got a new episode in our Lovewell Rewind series, where we take a look back at musicals from the Lovewell Vault with interviews from original creators and the complete audio of the show. Tonight's musical is Calling Amelia, a musical in the sky, written by the students and staff of the Lovewell Teen Program in Oscar Scham, Sweden, back in 2014. Here's the official synopsis of that show. Calling Amelia, a musical in the sky, pays tribute to the life and triumphs of one of the world's most celebrated aviators. Amelia Mary Earhart had only just begun her flight career when the media seized upon her charisma, striking looks, and adventurous spirit. She quickly transformed into one of America's first celebrities, thriving in a male-dominated profession at a time when gender roles were strikingly rigid. In 1937, just shy of her 40th birthday, Amelia set off on her most historic quest yet, to be the first pilot to ever circumnavigate the globe at its equator. Two-thirds of the way through her journey, Amelia disappeared over the South Pacific, never to be seen again. What happened on that last flight, and what drove Amelia to constantly soar to such dangerous heights? Although courage and pathological optimism arguably cost Amelia her life, her contributions to aviation and the women's struggle for equality continue to amaze and inspire. In the words of Amelia Earhart herself, the most effective way to do it is to do it. Remember, this show was completely written by the students that you'll hear performing it. With the help of their staff, they brainstormed every plot point, came up with every melody, wrote every scene, and choreographed every dance. Tonight is the first time on Listen Well that we'll be taking a look at one of the musicals in our vault written by the students and staff of one of our Swedish workshops. Lovewell has a rich and profound history of creating original musicals in Sweden, and these workshops are the foundation of our cultural exchange philosophy. For years now, students from around the world have traveled to Sweden to write shows, and students from Sweden have traveled to America to write shows. Tonight, you'll hear music and scenes written and sung in English and in Swedish. If you've never listened to one of these shows before, you're in for a real treat. Calling Amelia is a special show in Lovewell's history because throughout the process of its creation, a film crew was on site, documenting nearly every moment of the process. This brilliant team of filmmakers were able to produce Boundless, the adventure of making a musical, the most in-depth look at the Lovewell process ever. 
The documentary is a must-watch feature and is available for free on Lovewell's YouTube channel or at www.boundlessmovie.org. I have a very specific memory of being in the theater at NSU here in Fort Lauderdale for the documentary's U.S. premiere and being absolutely floored by how perfectly the film captured the magic of what we do. Our episode notes will also include a link to the documentary because, let's be real, you're going to want to watch it. Our two guests this evening are seasoned Lovewell veterans near and dear to all of our hearts. We couldn't all be in the same room, so we'll be utilizing our traditional zigzag interview format. Be sure to stick around for intermission tonight. We have tons of important announcements to share. Now, please make sure your seatbelts are fastened because otherwise this interview will knock you right on the floor. We are thrilled to welcome Laurel Thompson and Matt Tribby to the show for the very first time. Laurel, welcome. Thank you for joining us on Listen Well. Hey, Matt. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Matt, welcome to you as well. We're so glad you could join us. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Laurel. I'm really excited to talk about one of my favorite Lovewell shows. Laurel, tell our listeners a little bit about what you're doing these days. So I'm currently a sophomore at the University of Kansas, and what I'm studying is a bit of a mystery right now, but I am getting a certificate in the music entrepreneurship program that we have here, which is really cool. Um, and then outside of school, I am on the uh, women's ultimate frisbee team, the Bettys. I just joined the rock climbing club, and I just started working with the student-run radio station KJHK on the content staff. Hey, the radio station, that's neat. And for those of you trying to fill in your Lovewell bingo boards at home, I believe that this is now the squillionth time we've had an Ultimate Frisbee shout-out on this podcast. I love it. Matt, how about you? What are you up to? So I've really gone in the complete opposite direction of musical theater. I'm currently a senior at Duke University, and I'm studying computer science. Next year, I'm super excited to be starting at IBM as a full-stack developer. I'll still be up here in Durham slash Raleigh, North Carolina. And yeah, it's going to be an exciting new chapter of my life. We love Lovewell Lights who study computer science. One of the best parts of this program is how our alumni go into all sorts of different fields post-college. Congrats on the job and good luck to your Blue Devils in the March Madness Tournament. Now, as Lovewell Lights, so much of your story involves traveling to Sweden summer after summer to write musicals. But let's hear about your Lovewell history from your perspective. Laurel, walk us through it. Uh, I was introduced to Lovewell by Nathan Tyson. Um, he and Ryan McCall and Lance Gilchrist and their band, they, uh, they're from Salina, Kansas, where I'm also from, and they come back like every other year or so to put on a concert with the local school district called 305 Live. Um, and when I was in high school, I got to be a part of that concert. And one year afterwards, Nathan Tyson came up to me and literally just said, you should go to Sweden. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I went to Sweden three times as a student um, for Calling Amelia and then to the end and then locked in. Um, and then I took a year off. And then last year, 2018, was my first summer on staff at Lovewell. And I got to be an intern for Fort Lauderdale se Teen Session 1 and Junior Session 2. And those were uh, Greenbrier 1897 and Silver Centennial, a musical that will make you clutch your pearls. That is a pretty impressive Lovewell resume. There are some terrific shows on that list. 
Matt, tell us about your Lovewell journey. So my Lovewell history actually goes back to your family, Tyler. Um, the first ever show I saw was, what, 2008? And your sister was in it, and I saw you in a teen show that year. I just remember being super excited about the whole process and how everyone was able to create things from scratch. Um, so I like begged my parents to uh, put me into level the very next session. So my first show was Midway. I was a very short, cute little kid who didn't really know how to act or do anything. Um, I then went on to do a total of 14 shows, I want to say. Um, five in junior and the rest in teen. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Sweden, I believe, four times, um, which we'll get into a little bit later, uh, and just do a variety of shows and variety of things. I never really did musical theater outside Lovewell, but Lovewell was always a space that I knew I could go to back in the summer and just hang out with a lot of really good friends and be able to be creative. 14 shows. Holy cow. You were such a vital part of the Lovewell summer experience for so many of us for so many years. I'm thrilled that the summer of 2008 inspired you to join. Laurel, Calling Amelia is based on the real-life story of the most famous aviator to ever take the skies. Talk to us about the research that went into bringing the show to life. For our research on this show, we read a lot of bios about Amelia Earhart and watched a documentary and researched all these theories about what happened to her, um, my favorite of which is that the crabs on Howland Island ate her bones. But the standout moment of our research was when we found out that there is actually a living pilot named after Amelia Earhart who recreated her transcontinental flight and was the second woman ever to do it. Uh, so we reached out to her telling her about the show and how she was going to be a character. And she actually emailed us back saying she thought the show sounded great and she was excited to be a part of it. Um, so that was a pretty crazy moment for everyone when Carrie read her email back to us. Everyone was super excited about that. Oh, man, I love that story. And this show, every story from this process literally gives me goosebumps to this day. What an incredible experience you all had. Now, Matt, once you all had this research in the bag, what was it like actually structuring it into a musical? The strangest part about us doing a show about Amelia Earhart in Sweden is the fact that none of the Americans even came up with the idea. It was, some, it was a Swedish student that suggested we do Amelia Earhart, which is sort of a funny thing. Um, I remember immediately we were all just gripped to the story. It was one of those things where, like, everyone looked around the room and we were just like, this is it. I feel like that was it. Um, the structure was super interesting because in traditional Lovewell fashion, we were faced with the idea of we don't really want, like, a star of the show. Lovewell is not really about a single star. It's about the community as a whole. Um, so in traditional fashion, we had three people playing Amelia Earhart. We had sort of a younger version sort of the main aviator and then this final uh, ghostly figure, you could say. And I think that structure is really what we based our show around. We did it really in a chronological order of her life that made a lot of sense. But I think it was interesting how we split that her, her life up into different stages. It's always fascinating to navigate the lead character in a Lovewell musical and to see how it's all handled. Sometimes they're played by multiple actors, like in Calling Amelia or Daybreak. While other times, that lead character is only ever referred to in the text. We never see them on stage, like in Greenbrier, 1897. The theater offers so many tools to handle challenges like that. Now, this next question is for both of you. We talked at the beginning of this episode about the Lovewell documentary Boundless and how it came out of this process. What was it like having that crew documenting your Calling Amelia experience? And then, what was it like seeing that documentary for the first time? Laurel? 
I honestly don't remember much about what it was like to have the documentary crew there because I think the way they integrated themselves was really seamless. Um, but it was really beautiful to see the film and to get to have a documentation of one of the best and most life-changing experiences of my youth. And having an outside view of the whole thing was was really fortunate. Uh, and it was really emotional to watch. Um, my favorite part of the doc, though, is when... Um, Christina Serrato introduces the idea of Amelia Earhart in the brainstorming circle, and everyone loves it. And then it cuts to a talking head with Ryan Delgadio, where he says that uh, Amelia Earhart always gets brought up in the level brainstorming circle, and it'll never actually get done. Um, I really loved his villain edit. Matt? When I first heard they were doing a documentary, um, I was first interested in how these people who had never experienced Lovewell were going to portray and capture it. Everyone who's done Lovewell really has like this culty sort of feel of this of the essence of Lovewell, which is sort of hard to express to people who had never been there um, and done and gone through that process. And kudos to the team because they really captured the essence on their very first try just by embracing the whole process and being present in different moments. Uh, and the final outcome was really a tribute not only to the show and the process that we had gone through, but to the ideals that have made me love love well throughout the years. Um, and that makes it really an important, important thing. Also, the team, the documentary team, was just really great people to be around. They were fully into it. Um, and I think it was really a unique team that really made it work. I could have seen the team with, and it, with different people. I could have seen them being obtrusive and sort of sullying that process, but they really only added to it and complemented it in the end, which is really fantastic. Again, for those who might be interested in watching or re-watching Boundless, we've included the link to the film in our episode notes. Laurel, tell us about the music in the show. What was the overall vibe? What were the songwriting processes like? This show has absolutely amazing music. Five years later and some days I still wake up with No One's Gonna Need a Man or the finale or something stuck in my head. Uh, I think the music staff on this show did a really great job of capturing the exact mood that each song required. None of the songs are the same at all, but they're all so clever and they all really connect and bring life to the story. I think we like to say that every Lovewell show is a dramedy, and it's kind of hard to find a better example of that than a barbershop quartet singing the dangers of feminism following Brian Brandt's death song. Uh, and then as far as my experience as a student writing music on this show goes, this was really my first time songwriting, and I'm so grateful that it got to be with Nipe and Matt. There was such an ease to the lyric writing that I felt like allowed me to really just jump right into it and say whatever was on my mind. And I don't think I'll ever write a lyric better than 99 Pilots and a Man Ain't One. I love those Lovewell earworms that get permanently stuck in our heads. Matt, we talk a lot on this podcast about the brainstorming and the writing process during a Lovewell show, weeks one and weeks two. But what is that third week like? What's it like bringing that show to life, specifically with regards to calling Amelia? Tell us a little bit about that third week. The third week of a Lovewell process is really just organized chaos. At the start of the week, you probably have um, a script, if even a finished script, and you still need to stage it, get a setup, get your costumes, memorize your lines and songs. Um, but it always gets done. And that's just part of the level of magic. Um, and I think this week, this third week for the process of calling Amelia was definitely no different. 
Um, it's a little bit different in Sweden as well, just because it's not truly 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's really just 24 hours a day because you're living together and being in that community together. Um, but also, I'm describing it as like this chaotic event, but also as one of the best parts about Lovewell is the fact that you all are just putting your whole into this and really uh, committing to something together. And that's the best part about Lovewell to me is the fact that the community comes together to really have one common purpose, despite differences in whether you're Swedish or American, you're all coming together to, to make this show and put this show on its feet, despite this crazy time crunch. Laurel, you've been to Sweden three times now. Why should a student who might be interested make that jump across the pond to write a show in Oskarshamn? Students should go to Lovewell, Sweden, because it will be the best thing you'll ever do. Doing Lovewell in the United States, if that's where you're from, is still beautiful and amazing and Lovewell, but at the end of the day, you go home and you go back to your normal life. When you do Lovewell in Oskarshamn, you live Lovewell. You live with your collaborators, and it feels like you're all just escaping from the real world into this tiny little town to create and grow and learn together. Uh, when you go to Lovewell, Sweden, it, it really is like nothing else exists for those three weeks. And you get to experience this new culture and learn some of the language, which I still remember all the Swedish I learned. And sometimes I just like randomly say it to myself for fun. And you become best friends with people who have completely different experiences and views from you. And you get to see and live in their corner of the world with them for a little while. Matt, as someone who has spent a lot of time in Sweden, what parts of the Swedish culture have found their way into your everyday life? You know, that's a very interesting question because I feel that it's changed me in a lot of ways, but probably ways that I'm not super conscious of. Uh, just because I went for four different years throughout high school, and that had to have some remarkable effect on me. I think the greatest change that Sweden sort of affected upon me was how I approach life in general in terms of being sure to take time for myself and take it easy sometimes. I think American culture is very much like constant movement, um, always going. Um, well, well, Swedish culture, they have, for example, with their fika, their, their built-in break into the day. It's really focused around taking time for yourself to recenter and to sort of reset before you go back to work. Um, and I think that sort of cultural element has definitely stayed with me and how I try to approach my life now. Also, overall, I think having the experience of getting to live in Sweden when I was 14 for three weeks really was an important moment in me being open to different cultures and different ideas in my life, um, something that I've still tried to continue today, and it's been really important for me. Our last question is one that we always ask. How do you use Lovewell in your everyday life? Laurel, why don't you go first? More than anything else, I think I learned how to collaborate at Lovewell. Lovewell really taught me that collaboration doesn't just happen when you sit down and try to make something with someone else. Collaboration is our entire lives. It's every interaction we have with another human being. Nothing else, I think, has shaped the way I behave and treat other people as much as seeing how the people at Lovewell, particularly the staff members, interact with each other and what kinds of things can happen when they interact the way that they do, when, when you're always just as open and kind and motivated as possible. And when I need something to keep me going, I have the affirmations and I have this community and I know that I always have a soft place to land. 
and I think that there have been a lot of times where I would have given up in various ways and on various dreams if I hadn't had this support system to fall back on and to push me forward and show me, not just tell me that I can do anything I want. How about you, Matt? It's funny to me how much Lovewell can still be relevant to my life, despite the fact that I'm now doing software development instead of musical theater. I think where Lovewell pops up for me most is when I'm working in group projects or, or team settings in general, just because all that training and experience I had in collaborative uh, equal environments really comes back to me and making sure that everyone has their voices heard and realizing that everyone has something to contribute to the process, regardless of what that process is. And I think that's just an incredibly valuable skill that is super translatable outside the world of musical theater. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Maybe some challenges you'd like to issue? A little trash talk here? Anything? Jenna Flemons, I'll see you at College Ultimate Nationals next year. See, Level always comes back to Ultimate. Now, thank you both for this awesome conversation. I've always admired this show and its creators from afar, so I appreciate you taking the time to bring me into this world and to talk about this special musical. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. I'll see you soon. And bye, Matt. Bye, guys. It was great talking to you both. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. Thanks once again to Laurel and Matt for joining us on Listen Well. Oh, the show is about to begin. All right now, please, no talking during the show. Unwrap any hard candies now and take as many pictures as you'd like because the actors are at places and the curtain is rising for Calling Amelia, a musical in the sky. You can do anything you set your mind to. The concept may go in one ear and out the other. However, when a woman is shown by another that she can use her mind, her heart, and her skills to craft the life she imagines, she is given a tool that she will forever take with her on her own unique journey. 
I was shown by Amelia. We must be on you, but cannot see you, but gas is running low. Been unable to reach you by radio. Calling you, Tasca. We are circling, but cannot hear you. We are on the line, 157.337. We will repeat message. We will repeat. We are running on the line, north and south.
särskilt. Får vi vara med? Vad ska vi göra då? Vi bygger någonting. Vad då för något? En släde. Kan du bygga vingarna? En släde med vingar? Ja, så vi kan springa från taket såklart. Vad får hon alla sina idéer ifrån? Flyg som en fågel. Jag önskar jag visste hur jag kan bli som You women need to lay off her. I'm sure she's trapping bugs, building contraptions, and having a happy childhood. I know how you feel, little bird. But 
det gör jag egentligen inte för jag har aldrig kunnat flyga. Jag undrar vad som är värst. Att ha vingar. Kunna flyga. Bryta sina vingar. Aldrig kunna flyga igen. Eller att inte kunna flyga överhuvudtaget. Där är det ju! Det, det ligger riktigt illa till. Mor och mormor har letat överallt efter dig. Och du skrämde dina vänner igen. Shh. Vad? Vad är det för något? Det är en liten fågelunge. Den har, mm. har skadat sina vingar och den kommer aldrig kunna överleva. Jag är ledsen. Vad är hela hon, världen är som först? Hon dödade den! Vad har du gjort? Dödade du den? Ja, det gjorde jag. Den var, den var skadad. Den har aldrig kunnat överleva. Jag vill inte att den skulle lida. Jag har aldrig sett på maken. Den flickan går inte att kontrollera. Nej. Kom nu, Pidge. Din syster har dåligt inflytande på dig. Amelia, älskling. Du kan inte bara försvinna sådär. Vi var oroliga för dig. Men mor, jag försvann ju inte. Jag visste var jag var någonstans. Be när dina vänner om ursäkt. Tvätta händerna och bli tid till middagen. Vi vill inte att din mormor får ett utbrott på dig. Då blir det inte så roligt. Förlåt att jag försvann. Jag glömde bara, jag glömde bara bort tiden. Varför jag det mer och mer nu för tiden? Amelia, flickor smutsar inte ner sig eller klättrar i träd. De dödar inte fåglar. Se vem då. Amelia Earhart is such a strange girl. Strange? Mm. <laughs> strange indeed. Well. But Amelia Earhart isn't actually the first dreamer to walk with her, um, how do you say, um, head in the clouds. Since the dawn of civilization, humans have tried. And failed. And tried. And failed. But still they tried. And still they failed. To leave the earth behind. And soar among the stars. Mm. Picture it. Ancient Greece, a golden age of ideas and innovation. In a time where all people looked to the sky for guidance, a young man was inspired to take flight for the first time. There was a boy named Icarus long ago. He didn't want to keep his feet on the ground. So his father said, crafting a set of wings, and a brand new way to heaven was found. A son of flying too high or low For this big don't made of wax I know what I'm doing, I'm ready to go Take it easy, just sit back and relax Off he soared into the sky Ultimately successful, he did set a spark inside the Greek people. And well, a couple of hundred years later, there was another attempt at reaching the skies. Indeed, it was. A mathematician called Archytas took a different method. 
to be the first robot ever in history. A pigeon! Oh wait, a wooden pigeon! Let me just that. Oh, a steam-driven wooden pigeon! To hear the people cheer for the best idea they ever heard. They won't believe their eyes when I reveal my steam field flying bird. It went down, down, down. That was really hard to see. I'm just glad it wasn't me. Success that Arctic has had intended. No. 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 But it allowed a new generation of aviators, aviators to be inspired by nature, particularly in the shape and function of a bird's wing. Indeed. Well, nothing much happened for the past uh, was it one 1,500 yeah. years or so. So let's fast forward to 1896 and the German aviation. Pioneer Otto Lilenthal. The Glider King. Mm. Oh. Otto Lilenthal has already made over 2,000 previous successful flights with his hang gliders. No reason this one should be in a different, right? Oh, but it was. It's a super sensation, the Glider King. A German man can know how to fly. But his wings were overtaken by gravity. I have some bruises, but wait for it. Wait for it. He went down, down, down into history. Inspired by the legacy of Lilenthal. Wait. We now come to the most famous and brilliant, the Wright Brothers. Oh, but did they get it right? <laughs> oh my god. Shut up. Stop, okay? Thank you. <clears throat> Imagine a parade. It's 1908. Oval Wright takes flight with one passenger. The first lap, a success. The second lap, a success. The third lap, mayday, mayday, the propeller fell And down, down, down. And we killed the random guy.
spenderar juldagen ute på en lervälling. Han har aldrig tagit med Amelia någonstans förut. Så kan vi inte bara stötta honom den här gången? Kan du inte säga något positivt? Han är i alla fall nykter idag. Får vi fortfarande öppna presenter? Ja, men givetvis får du det, vännen. Så snart din far och Amelia kommer hem. Oh, när Amelia bjöd in oss hit så trodde jag ändå att hon skulle vara här. Eller hur? Men sitter vi uppklädda och bara väntar medan hon springer runt på ett fält någonstans. Amelia, I know you've never been particularly fond of dolls or, or dresses or anything feminine for that matter. So, I wanted to try and do something a little bit out of the ordinary this year. I think it's high time you get a gift you truly enjoy. Where are we, Papa? <laughs> I wanted to inspire you. Look up here. These men are flying in some of the most incredible machines the world has ever seen. I never thought I'd live to see the day a man could fly. How would it feel away from the world, from who I must be?
and I even set the women's altitude record, 14,000 feet. And tomorrow, I have been invited to the Charles Lindbergh's book signing. And there's even rumor that Eleanor Roosevelt might be there. Can you believe it? I'm off. Much love, Amelia. Congratulations, Donna, on latest success. Uh, GP, this is not going to last forever. And we need the next big thing. Picture it. A Lady Lindy. Interesting. Lady Lindy. No, George, I was kidding. Woman can't fly. It's just science. Wait a minute. I have this project I'm working on. A transatlantic flight, the friendship. 
we could just select a woman to be a passenger, and she doesn't even have to do anything. But we get tons of media coverage, because technically, she would be the first woman to cross the Atlantic. We're doing it. Deal. Now let's go find our dame. She's got to be brave. A risk taker. She's got to be confident and strong. But not too strong so we can break her. Just an average small town girl with big town smarts. Who could be the gal to steal America's heart? We, we got to find her and sign her now. Hello, pretty lady. What do you think about Lindbergh's new book? Well, anything Charles writes is automatically sacred, especially with those strong, smooth hands of his. Well, how would you feel about flying with Lindy himself? Oh my, there is a God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she could sleep the whole flight. She is clearly not it. She's gotta be tough. But still pretty Ugh. She's gotta be interesting and small But still stand out in every city I know it sounds insane But maybe we should try To find a lady who could actually fly We gotta find her And sign her Next We heard that you are one of the greatest lady pilots around You heard right Ah, so you're a fan of Lindbergh I could fly better than him while blindfolded Whoa, careful Lindbergh's my boy Look, I've heard about your project And I would never sign on and take orders from a man And just for the record It's not a boy's world anymore GP, what's worse than an American feminist? A uh, British feminist oh. We're, We're never, never gonna, gonna find a gal who suits our needs we're never gonna find a gal who will succeed Maybe we're attempting an impossible deed Where's our lady? Where's our lady? Where's our lady? Lindy! Ladies and gentlemen, the king of flight has got to fly Charles Lindbergh will only be signing books for ten more minutes Make it out to Amelia Earhart, the next big thing in aviation there's our lady, there's our lady, there's my lady, Lindy. Hello, my name is Dawn Pierce, and this is my business partner, George Putnam. How would you feel about being the first woman to fly across the Atlantic? All you have to do is sit there and be beautiful.
Whatever happens, it will have been worth the trying. Stop. Love, Amelia. Yes, he's correct. Got it. So, are you ready for this flight? As ready as I can be. I mean, we have been talking about this and preparing for the past two months. But are you nervous? No. <laughs> Amelia, in public you've always taken the role of a tough girl. I've only seen the soft side of you when we have been alone. I'm not playing a role. This is me. <sighs> Amelia. Look, you're talking about this as if it's the last time you'll ever see me. I'm fine. I'll just take this flight and then we're on to the next thing. I care about you. Listen, you're married. And hopefully, I'll have a book tour to go on after news of this flight goes public. You're going to write a book? I'm going to do it all, George Putnam. I just want you to be safe. I'm just going to be a sack of potatoes on a fuel tank for 20 hours as the token woman. How hard can it be just to sit in a plane? That is a great question, my ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you good? Yes. Uh, how hard can it mm. be? Well, 14 people... Including three women? ...have died attempting to make the exact same flight over the Atlantic. Well, it's normal to feel a little fear. And abnormal not to. <laughs> You are amazing. I'll see you across the pond. Well, <laughs> quite a pond it is. Over 3,600 kilometer klavlott hav. Now Charles Lindberg flew Samarut to the Honom 33 timer. You're absolutely positive they have taken every measure of safety? Oh, you're worried about your girl. <laughs> She's not mine. Yeah, that's right. I want you to remember it. Now listen, GP, no adventures are safe but I've hired the best pilots around. Off we go, you and me. Let's keep the nose above the sea. Some for you and some for me. Just getting off for me. Whee! Don, tell me that's not the navigator. Oh, no, that's not the navigator. That's the pilot. <laughs> but don't worry. He, he's just a bit eccentric. He likes to have a drink every now and then. But believe me, a well-respected pilot. You better be certain about this one, Don. GP, Amelia's one of the luckiest ladies in the world. And this trip's going to put her on the map. Literally. Ah, oh, meet Helen Burton, the editor of Cosmopolitan Magazine. Hi, Max. A pleasure, I'm sure. This is Max Sheffield, my top-style advisor. I'm they're they're going to make Amelia into a brand name. I'm skeptical. But I'm here. Look, let's just focus on getting her to the other side of the Atlantic alive. Amelia, if you really want to be a pilot, you should focus on your flying career, not someone else's. Listen, we can stand around all day debating on whether I should take this flight or not. But at the end of the day, I'm getting on this flight. Operationen Friendship genomfördes i största hemlighet, allt för att hinna för de två andra kvinnor som sökte uppnå samma historiska mål att flyga över Atlanten.
Den 3 juli 1928. Amelia Earhart bär sin berömda pilotmössa, kryper in i planets lastutrymme och lägger sig till rätta på en bensintank tillsammans med mekaniker Louis Gordon, samtidigt som pilot Wilmer Stult tar plats i cockpiten på F7. They took off from Boston Harbor, just as the sun rose that day. Great. I can't believe 
are. Did you see me up there? First place, can you believe it? Your mama won. Great, Ma, can we please go now? Honey, can't you see that this is a big day for us? For all of us. This is the first white derby for women, ever. We've made history today. If we can do this, we can do anything. Mom, I don't care about all this. I just want you to be a mom. Just normal like all the other moms. Luis, we need you. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, here's some change. You can get some ice cream on your way home. We can talk later tonight. Attention, everyone. Amelia and I have been talking, and we have an idea. What now? Is she going to run for president or something? Actually, yes. Well, now I've heard everything. What is ladies, ladies, what's all this about? If we women don't support each other, who will? RID is to form an organization to support and encourage women in the field of aviation. Do any of you realize there are now 99 women just like us across this country? With pilot licenses, but no opportunities, no respect, and no recognition. Then came Amelia. Don't you see? This is a step for us all. Let's mobilize ourselves, standing for the sky, supporting other women who dare to fly. And all the glass ceilings we will ever face will crash all over the place. Come on, everybody, our time is now to strengthen numbers, and we gotta know how. We might be many, but the goal we share is women belong in the air.
derbies, and now a woman's organization. How does one woman do it? How does she blow off steam? Well, according to recent speculation, it's in the arms of another woman's man. Which man? George Putnam, renowned publisher of Amelia's bestseller, 20 Hours, 40 Minutes. Is America's golden girl not so golden? Or is any publicity good publicity? Därför lägger det George Putnam, Amelia Earhart's nya älskare. Amelia Earhart receives the National Geographic Special Gold Medal. Och den första personen någonsin, man eller kvinna, att flyga över Atlanten två gånger är Amelia Earhart. Earhart's novel, 20 hours and 40 minutes, tops the bestsellers list. Aviatrix Amelia Earhart is soon to embark on a historic solo transatlantic flight. Amelia, my little girl, I've always wanted nothing but the world for you. But now time seems to slip away, and you have to do what you have to do. Amelia, can you hear me now? I wish I never had to say these words, my dear. Your time has come, but so has mine. When you come back home, maybe I won't be I chose you to fly on that plane because I believed in you the first time I saw you. And I will never stop believing in you. Please. I know I have asked so many times before, but I'm not giving up. And I am asking again. Be my wife. Dear husband, to go you 
JP, before we marry, there are some things you must know. You must understand my reluctance to marry. For when I am up in the air, I feel like I have finally escaped this cage I was born into. And I will not let this marriage hold me down. I will always need that place where I can go to and be myself. Let's agree that if we find no happiness together in a year, we'll let each other go. Amelia Earhart. Famous aviatrix Amelia Earhart marries hotshot publisher George Putnam. But not to worry, folks, there won't be any slowing down or honeymooning for this lucky lady. She's about to embark on her most dangerous mission yet, a solo transatlantic flight. Tune in to find out how the story will end. No, cut, cut, cut! <sighs> Amelia. You're, you're attempting an unthinkable feat. And God willing, you're about to be the first woman to pilot a flight across the Atlantic. Now, can we see a bit more amour, some, some passion from the newlyweds? H Helen, can Max touch her up a bit? Ugh. Darling, you're doing amazing work for women everywhere. Thank you, Helen. Nothing fills me with more pride than to get the chance to be an inspiration for other girls to reach for what may have seemed to be unattainable. I'm happy to do it. Uh, all right, take two. Now let's get the kiss on the film, miss up in the air, and we're rolling. I take it every Have you made sure everything is prepared? We had taken every measure of precaution, sir. Our team has worked on a plane day and night. She's ready. Good. And you know, I will hold you accountable for anything that might go wrong. We... We understand, sir. Everything's ready. Now it's all set. Time to take off for Amelia. Will this new adventure be her time to shine? Hope you enjoyed Act 1 of Calling Amelia. For tonight's brief intermission, we'd like to remind you of some of the exciting things happening in the Lovewell community. Registration is open for all of our 2019 season of workshops around the globe. 
Between Florida, Kansas, Ohio, New York, and Sweden, you have 16 different opportunities to create new works of musical theater this summer. Scholarship applications are also available for all of our programs. It's never been easier to book your spot on this summer's musical theater writing adventure. You can apply now at www.lovewell.org apply. Best of luck to all the Lovewell lights attending the Florida State Thespian Festival later this month. For the second year in a row, Lovewell will have a booth in the vendor room where you can snag some sweet merch and learn more about our new and improved Lovewell catalog. Be sure to stop by and say hello whenever you can. As always, we'll be posting new episodes of Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast, on the first Thursday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. We might even have some extra bonus content coming your way in the next few weeks. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, we are also available on Spotify and iTunes, where you can leave a rating and a review as well. If you like this show, let us know. Oh, the lights just flickered. It's time to get back to the show. Please enjoy Act 2 of Calling Amelia. Gentlemen, Eleanor Roosevelt, the future First Lady of the United States. Thank you, thank you. But this is not about me. Amelia Earhart, the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. You are, and forever will be, a great inspiration to every young girl. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And you, my dear, are one of those dreamers that makes America proud. <laughs> Mrs. Roosevelt, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for your kind words up there. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. But Amelia, dear, meet my friend, Lorena. Such an honor to meet the great Amelia Earhart. I feel like you and I will hit it off. I insist that you be my dinner guest at the White House, and I won't take no for an answer. Yes, of course. Then it's decided. Absolutely.
Let's raise up. Let's raise a warning finger. Let's wave a red flag. If these ideals linger, our lives will be a drag. Women will take over whatever they can. No one's gonna need a man. Imagine our future a hundred years from now. Men will curtsy gracefully as women take a bow. Women will crowd the bars, they'll smoke cigars, they'll fly to Mars. If this goes really far, they'll even drive the cars. Let's raise a warning finger, let's wave a red flag. If these ideals linger, our lives will be a drag. Women will take over whatever they can. No one's gonna need a man. Amelia. Oh, thank you, Helen. Thank you so much. So, Don GP and I have been talking a lot about your future lately, and we all agree this is the perfect time for you to start to brand yourself. To brand myself. You're the world's number one darling right now. We gotta strike while the iron is hot. You see the way it works is people will buy most anything if they think Amelia buys that. See, you're now a name. Let's use that fame to get you back up in the air. Anytime, anywhere. So wait, wait, wait. You're saying that people will pay me to say that I like a certain thing? Helen! 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 I just got off the phone with a luggage company, a cigarette company, and a chewing gum company. They all want Amelia to be the face of their product. See, you're now a name. Let's use that fame to get you back up in the air. Anytime, anywhere. Okay, it's a deal. Imagine if every woman would follow her lead. For all good men, what that would mean is extinction guaranteed. We have to take a stand. We can't allow this to proceed. If this goes really far, they'll even learn to be learn Let's raise a warning finger. Let's wave a red flag. If these ideals linger, our lives will be a drag. Women will take over whatever they can. No one's gonna be a man. Then it's back to New York on Friday to sign a new clothing line. And, and uh, oh, yeah, and Mr. Slate needs to discuss your column in the Cosmopolitan. And uh, don't forget that Hello. we. Hello? How, how, how will I have time for all this? I haven't flown in a month. Kevin, get some of this. Wait a while. I understand your feelings, but we need to take all the opportunities we can. The public is fickle. Now is the time. I just don't think that I'm the right person for all this. I'm I'm a pilot, not a not a celebrity. I I want to inspire women, not sell myself to them. Amelia, something big is changing. Our impact is profound. Around the world, girls look to you to show them where we're bound. You'll be back up there in no time. Make your father proud. You know what you have to do. The wind is calling you. Get 
out there and show them, girl. fly. It's easy to feel removed from the things we truly love when we feel obligated to others. Sometimes I never get a break at all. You have to remember your first love is flying. Never let them take that from you. People expect so much from me. I feel like I can never make truly make everyone happy. Lie to the modern woman. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. Let's take another one, ladies, shall yes. we? Yes. We're not waiting any longer. Let's just go inside. Yeah. We can't start the meeting without our president. Well, our president hasn't made it to a meeting in over a whole month. Well, Amelia's a very busy woman. Busy making flashy clothes and smoking high-end cigarettes. Chewing Amelia Earhart bubblegum. Hosting on the cover of Cosmo. An object. Mark my words, one day they'll discover that cigarettes will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's irrelevant. The point is, we set out to support and encourage women in the field of aviation. Yeah. Show that a woman is so much more than just a pretty face. Yeah. Yes. But now, she's doing the complete opposite. Well, her flying skills sure didn't get her where she is today, because we all know she's not that good. Yeah. Blanche? What? The truth hurts. Amelia Earhart is a sellout and a subpar pilot. Enough. If we're not having a real meeting, I suggest we all go home and reschedule for next week. All in favor? Aye. Have you seen my mom? Oh, they just left. The meeting was supposed to last till 10. She told me to meet her here. Oh, I can walk you home. I don't need your help. You've done enough already. Whoa, whoa, what, what's going on here? Everything! 
My mother is always away, doing everything except for being a mother. Do you want to know why? Because she looks at Lady Lindy, she thinks she has something to prove. It's because of you! Honey, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm it's talking about what you've done! Do you know what other moms do? They walk their kids to school and are there when the kids get home. They bake cookies and help with homework. They don't wear pants and they don't fly airplanes! I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, I do. And I blame you, Amelia Hart! confirm rumors that Amelia Earhart is planning her next big stunt. Is the daring aviatrix cooking up a new adventure that will top all others and keep her in the headlines? I feel as if there's just about one good flight left in my system, and I hope that this trip is it. After finishing this job, I plan to give up long-distance stunt flying. I've come to realize that when things are going very well indeed, it is just about the time to anticipate trouble. This is my calm before the storm. But even in this silence, I can't find peace. Amelia Earhart is such a strange girl. Who is this pretty little lady? If you hadn't been chosen to be on our flight, you would be nothing. Now that's our girl, our Lady Lindy. Let her be herself. She would never be a proper woman. Amelia, you're not prepared for this. You'll never make it. When I grow up, I want to be just like her. No, you don't. If I had her plane, I would have won this derby with my hands tied behind my back. Can I blame you, Amelia Earhart? You're going to become the woman that every woman wants to be. The world is watching you. What will you do next? GP doesn't love you. He just loves the idea there's nothing new to say about Mia Earhart. America's sweetheart has sold out, become a brand, and is burning out. Has her reign as queen of the skies come to an end? No! No! No, 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 no! Amelia! No! Amelia, what's the matter? I'm not gonna sell, George! I'm not gonna burn out! No! What are you talking about? I'm gonna prove them all wrong! I'm gonna do something that no one, woman or man, has ever done before. There once was a girl, careless and free, blind to what the world had in store. She would run through the fields, climb the highest of trees, finding places she'd never been before. She was out in the woods, found a bird on the ground. The sparrow had broken its wing. 
that you I see Eyes full of passion A soul that is boundless and bold I see that little girl And every choice that you make And you'll never do as you're told And that's why I love you For the risks that you take Your bravery keeps me I'm going to fly around the world. Jorden runt. Det kallar jag en ambitiös flygrutt av Amelia. Ambitiös är bara förnamnet. Särskilt med tanke på de hinder hon står inför. För att inte tala om att hon kraschade sitt plan vid första försöket. Ja, det är också. Jag visar sig att det var ett exploderande däck. Mm. Och andra säger att det var den mänskliga faktorn. Mm. Men ingenting av det. Mindre ett år senare ska hon göra samma och ett andra försök. Men den här gången är hon bättre förberedd, eller hur? David. After all, she's got one of the world's most accomplished navigators at her side. Mr. Fred Newton! The plan is to use the sun and the moon to guide us to our landings. In the business, we call that celestial navigation. Good thing, it's my specialty. <laughs> the trip should take about a month to complete. Jeez, a month with that guy? Our most difficult task will be the landing at Howland Island, a tiny little pile of sand in the South Pacific. Easy to miss, but we'll have the Coast Guard there waiting for us on a ship called Itasca. They'll guide us the rest of the way if need be. But that won't be necessary. I could navigate the flight to land on a raindrop. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you straight. He's a tad too confident for my taste. Indeed. And blind optimism is blind. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they're determined, right? Yeah, right. The first thing that she's gonna need A plane robust and built for speed Electra Say that she could customize the case
Wants to pick a fight. 
On June 2, 1937, Amelia Earhart disappeared over the central Pacific Ocean near Howland Island. George Putnam funded the search for Amelia for two more years. She was never found. Amelia Earhart was illegally declared dead on January 5, 1939. Mary Earhart's last journey as a tragic end. But for me and so many others, it was just the beginning. My name is Amelia Rose Earhart. I was born in Downey, California in 1983. As a child, I went by Amy so I wouldn't constantly be compared to my legendary namesake. But as I grew older, 
I started using Amelia Earhart more and more. I realized the power her name still holds today. I took up flying and helped other young girls do the same. On June 26, 2014, I took to the skies to complete what Amelia Mary had originally set out to do. I recreated her flight, leaving from the same hangar, traveling 24,000 nautical miles, and landed safely in Oakland, California, July 11, 2014. My name is the greatest gift my parents ever gave me, because it sparked my interest in flying. But Amelia Earhart is so much more than just a name. Her spirit beats in the heart of every young adventurous girl who dreams of flying, who refuses to be bound by society's conventions, who never lets fear hold her back. Thank you, Amelia. Adventure is worthwhile
Thank you all for joining us for tonight's episode of Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. Special thanks again to Laurel and Matt for joining us at Lovewell HQ for their great interview. Be sure to subscribe and we will save your seat for next time. Until then, this is Tyler Grimes reminding you to listen well, create well, love well. Good night. Well, 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 well,